So now they've got to start from deep in their end of the field. And Garrison Hurst takes advantage of it. He takes the handle. Takes to his right. Gets to the 20. He's in the 30. Needs to cut in. He comes back up the right sideline. Breaks his hard tackle. Comes down to the 30. He's down to the 20. He's down to the 10. He's down to the 5. He's in the end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown. 96 yard run from scrimmage. Garrison Hurst breaking tackle after tackle. Sweeps down the sideline. Throws off bodies like clothes after a marathon. Young, back to throw. In trouble, he's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away again. To the 35, cuts back at the 30, to the 20, the 50, the 10. He died. Touchdown, 49ers. Third down, Alex takes the snap. Alex looking down in post, and it's good. yeah 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 click click boom what's going on faithfuls it's your boy mike from the nothing but niners crew guys and i'm back to talk to you guys again Another little real talk, man. Just me by myself. I'm going to sit here and chill. I want to thank you all for jumping on here. I know this was not planned. I know it's not even our normal night. So shout out to everybody that's out there in the chat. You guys are the real champs. You guys are the real MVPs. Do it for you guys, man. So uh, I'm going to talk. There's going to be a little bit of spaces in between when I'm speaking because I'm going to be sipping. I had a really long day at work. My daughter's birthday. Happy birthday, Zara Neve. I hope you enjoyed your day, baby girl. Sorry, daddy couldn't see uh, all the festivities, but I know she goes back and watches the video. So happy birthday, baby. I love you. Um, rush home from work, trying to catch people here celebrating. And then uh, I walk in. Well, no, I didn't even walk in. I park and then my job phone rings. It's one of my supervisors and I'm talking to him about something going on at work. And that takes like 20 minutes and I finally get inside and I say hi to everybody and, you know, people are here and my daughter's reading her birthday cards and everything. And then the phone rings again and it's my supervisor, supervisor, like the, the, the second in command of the whole company. So I got to run outside and I talk to him for another 30 minutes. And I come in, I cut a piece of cake and everyone's leaving. So I kind of missed all the festivities, but it is what it is. Um, another day, another year, another blessing for my baby girl. So, uh, I'm here to talk, though, guys. <clears throat> we didn't do a show yesterday. Uh, it was a late night. We were trying not to uh, step on the Trivia Tuesday for the 49ers, and then by the time it was over, man, I was done. I was just out, man. It's been a long, long, long week. Uh, hola, amigos. I see the Mexico uh, representing in here. I uh, appreciate you guys, man. Thank you all so much, so much, so much, man. Um, but, yeah, man, listen, man. Uh, no, I, it's just a little bit of orange juice, man. I don't have anything. I don't know if you can see it through the lid here. Nothing special in here. Just something to sip on. When I meant, I didn't mean sipping like that. So, saving that, saving that for the weekend when I can finally have a cigar again, man. It's over time uh, for for this surgery that I had, and I can start smoking again. So I'm happy. Thank you all so much, Zara. I hope you see this, man. Look at all the birthday love that they're giving you, man. Um, you're getting comments from everywhere, man. Don't worry about the Alfred Morris part, okay? But they're saying happy birthday to you, baby. Um, thank you guys so, so, so much, man. Um, 
I appreciate I appreciate all the love for baby girl. Really, really do. You guys are the best. Um, so I I titled this show What Are We Doing? And I'm talking about the fans, right? The fans are I, 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 part of me wants to say the fans are losing it, right? And part of me saying the fans are completely justified. And I have conversations with people all day long about the 49ers. People know how much I love the 49ers and and they see it and they're like, oh, what's going on with your team, right? And I didn't have many conversations with people here even tonight uh, who were here for my daughter, but it's hard to not see this stuff. I have this stuff up on the wall in my living room. And uh, one of the guys here, he was like, hey, man, what's going on with your team? What's going on with your Niners? And you kind of just have to shake your head at it. You know, you can't really, um, you can't really like answer the question when they say what's going on with your Niners, right? Well, it's not really injuries. We got the quarterback that they say that they want it and the one that gives us the best chance to win. You can't say it's like, you know, just a bad season. Like what, what exactly do you blame it on um, when trying to figure out how to answer that question? You know, like how, how do we do something like that? And I sit around and I was, and I was trying to figure out, um, you know, what, what's the best way to go about handling this? And I just, this, this is what I came up with. We have to accept reality. Now, on the last show, I talked about hope versus reality, right? Like we hope the season will go one way, but reality is it's going another way. But now we have to accept reality, right? People are trying to find a reason, find out why this team yeah Callie I mean it's happening everywhere people are trying to find out exactly why we want to pinpoint right so we race we sit around and we sit there and and we like race to see if we can figure out who is the reason for the season going the way it is um we want to be like you know how people like want to be like oh we're gonna draft this guy we're gonna draft that guy like there's there's a there's a sense of pride in the like ha I got that right like that was that was me that was my pick that's my guy or uh, we should get this free agent, you know. Oh, I told you guys he was the one. I told you guys he was the one, right? Um, we even do it with with other things, right? But uh, we we try to do the predictions. Um, we try to we try to sit down and say, how do you win this game? And we we all try to talk about it and figure it out. Well, the same thing works when things aren't going the way that we plan. When when the team is having a terrible season, we want to we want to be the ones to figure out and say why we think the year is going the way that it is. We want to be the ones that not so much say it first, but like, I can tell you why this team is bad, but it's, it's not really that easy. And, and people are starting with Kyle Shanahan. And I get it. That's, um, I'm not going to say it's low hanging fruit because a lot of people are going to feel like it's justified. Right. You can blame Kyle Shanahan. He's the head coach. The team is a reflection of him. It's his offense that's not putting up enough points in every game that we're in. It's all these different things that are going on um, that cause people to say or do certain things. So then. Um, it's like it, it, it's got to be Kyle Shanahan. It's easy to blame it on him. Right. Then people are going to blame it on the quarterback situation and. Jimmy's not good enough to do this. Jimmy's not good enough to do that. And I've been on here saying, basically, it's just that we're a bad team, right? The 49ers just aren't a good team this year. Um, and there's a bunch of different reasons for that. But I do want to talk about a couple of things here. 
And it's not that I'm here to find out what the reason is. Um, I'm going to talk about this in a second. I'm not going to try to sit, sit here and narrow down exactly what the reason is. I'm not going to sit here and try to say that it's or assign the blame to a certain person or coach or whatever. Um, but I, I want to question the faithful. I, will, I have I have a question for you guys that I'm going to ask at the very end of the show. And it's along the lines of what are we doing? What are we the fans doing? That is along the lines of what the question is. Um, Barack O'Niner with the $2 contribution, he says, fans would rather be right than win games. I can't disagree with this, right? There's a part of me that wants to say, no, we all want to win games, right? And we do want to win games. We do. But the problem is we want to win games the way that we want to win games, right? So we put Jimmy out there and we start out 2-0. People are going to say, well, we, we won the games, but look at what he was doing or look at how he won. We barely beat the Eagles, right? Or the people who were, we drafted Trey, put Trey in day one, don't like the way we won. They'd rather see a win with their guy. And then when Jimmy messes up, it's, ha-ha, told you, see, I was right. Jimmy's trash. We're not going anywhere with Jimmy, right? So there are there is this part of the fan base that wants to win their way or lose so they can be right about why we should have done it another way, right? We should have never got rid of Robert Sala. He's a really good defensive coordinator. We should have never got rid of him. And when the defense almost lets a team come back on them, they say, see, told you. We told you guys. That was week one. Week one. I told you guys. This guy, D'Amico Ryans, isn't ready. He doesn't know what he's doing yet. D'Amico Ryans is not the guy. This is what people wanted to say. But that's not necessarily true. D'Amico Ryans has been, he's been pretty good. Right? He's been a pretty good defensive coordinator. Not every game is going to go the way you want it to, right? You go back to the days when we were with uh, Vic Fangio here. We had the number one defense in the NFL. Or the number two. We never fell out of the top five, right? There were still games where we gave up 30, 40 points. I don't know if you guys remember that year that we went to the Super Bowl in 2012. We went to New England in the snowstorm. And we won the game. We put up 45 or something like that on the Patriots. But they were right there. They had 38 points. But we still had the number one defense, right? You can be a good defense. You can have a bad game, right? I came on the show and I championed Mike McGlinchey. And they said that. I was crazy. And I said, no, I think Mike McGlinchey is going to have a better season than what people think. I think Mike McGlinchey is better than people are giving him credit for. And people would rather see you be completely wrong and say, no, he's trash and just make it a definitive statement than to say, yeah, Mike McGlinchey does have some good games. Yeah, Mike McGlinchey does have some bad games. They would rather just look at it and make a definitive statement and that be it. Right? The people who wanted Jimmy to stay the quarterback over Trey Lance. Trey Lance went in there. We get smoked by the Cardinals. We put up 10 points. And what do they say? Told you. Told you Trey wasn't the guy. We wasted a pick. This guy played one game. He's played six quarters. And they've already determined that he is a waste 
of a pick. And that's why I say, what are we fans doing? What are we doing? Why can't we? And I understand, right? It's not fun. It's not fun to be logical. It's not fun to it's it's more fun to try to argue and debate and and point the finger and things, right? It gets you riled up. It get, it leaves you passion. I, one thing I don't like is when I hear people on podcasts, beat writers, criticize people, us fans, for reacting when we see something. Well, the season's not done yet. You don't know how it's going to play out. So you're upset for no reason. We could turn it around and make a run. And so people just got to chill out. I would never say chill out. Never, never, never say chill out. If you guys are a fraction, if you guys possess a fraction of the passion that I have for this team, you might not be able to chill out. I get upset. I get angry. I get happy. I scream. I yell when things are good. And when things are bad, I'm upset too. I got to go for a walk. Get the put put the put the harness on the dog. Let's go. I got to go for a walk when things are bad, right? I would never tell people they have to chill out. They got to calm down, because if that's the case, there's no point in watching every snap. There's no point in watching every quarter. There's no point in watching every game. Just wait for the results. Then what? You're not being a fan. You're not cheering. You're looking to say, hey, the Niners were bad last year. Where's the fun in that? Where's the love and the passion in that? That's not it. That's not it. Gabriel, he says here, someone has to be held responsible for bad picks. And they do. And they do. But someone's got to be held responsible for the good ones as well, right? And I'm not here to defend Kyle. I'm not here to defend John Lynch because they do things that I wish they didn't do. Right? I've seen Kyle Shanahan come into this team and since he's been here all he likes are players that he's familiar with i don't get it 2017 i understood it didn't like it but i understood it you're taking over an entirely new roster that you have never worked with before you turned over over 50 percent of that roster and you brought in a bunch of guys in each different position group that had once played for you so they can teach the rest of the position group your system i understood it i got it it made sense year five we're still doing the same thing year five we're still doing the same thing and that's the stuff that confuses me year one and two i get it right you go out and you get pierre garcon you had him in washington i get that Logan Paulson, tight end. Had him in Washington. I understand that. Alfred Morris. Had him in Washington. I get that. Right? But then you keep doing it year after year after year. Why Alex Mack? And I'm not hating on Alex Mack. And Alex Mack is coming here. He hasn't been who we hoped he would be, but he also hasn't been terrible. Right? Alex Mack is not a bad center and he's probably playing better than he had played the last year or two maybe right but he hasn't been terrible but between age contract you trading up to get a young quarterback wouldn't it just make more sense to get a young center so that they have that cohesion 
they had that understanding with each other. The Green Bay Packers had a center that was available in free agency. He's familiar with the system. They're running a similar system right there in Green Bay. Why not that guy? Oh, you know why? Because we had to get Trent Williams. We probably couldn't have afforded him. Trent Williams is a great tackle. Probably the best in the NFL. But Trent Williams is also somebody that you had in Washington. Right? Look at the running backs that they brought in here. I talked about Alfred Morris, right? I did that for my guy. He he knows I I, I was hoping that we had a bruising back. I know he's going to lose his mind now that I mentioned Alfred Morris again. Ray, I know it. But you, you sit back and you think about it. Uh, Tevin Coleman, why? What was that? Right? We do have to be knowledgeable about the picks. Like, and when I say knowledgeable, I don't mean that we have to know everything about them. We have to like acknowledge it. We have to acknowledge the bad picks, but we also have to acknowledge the good ones. The George Kittles when he's healthy, right? The Matt Breeders, the Raheem Mosters, the giving him a chance, right? The Debo Samuel, the Kyle Hughes checks. Like, there's plenty of really, really good picks this team has made also. You know what I'm saying? Birthday love still coming in for my daughter. I really, really appreciate it, guys. You guys are great. That's people starting the show from the beginning. All right. Um, the Kyle Hughes checks, the Fred Warners, right? Like they, they've gone out of their way to get some really good the the the, the Nick Bosa's, right? And I understand that there's a Solomon Thomas for every Nick Bosa. You know what I'm saying? For every Raheem Mostert, there's a Joe Williams, right? Or a Capri Bibbs. I get it, but that's the NFL. That is literally the NFL. You will be hard-pressed to find any GM that hits on 50% of their picks. It's not reality. It's just not real. It isn't. It isn't. So we do have to acknowledge it, right? Some, But how do you hold somebody accountable? You give them praise when they're doing well. And you give them blame when they're not. That's how you hold somebody accountable. You make them aware that you see their errors and you praise them when they're doing something good. That's it. It doesn't mean you fire somebody. It doesn't mean you promote somebody. If we came in here and we put up 600 yards of offense every week and allowed less than 100 yards of opposing offense every week and we scored 80 points a game and we shut out every opponent that we had, Are we going to promote Kyle Shanahan from head coach or something else? Are we going to promote John Lynch from GM to something else? Is every single player going to get a raise or an extension if this happened every game? No. Because if that happened, we're going to say that's what they're supposed to do. Right? That's what we hope they would do the whole time that these are the guys that we brought in so we could do that. So then why is it that when shit hits the fan, like it's doing this year, we suddenly want those same people who can't get any higher, who can't get any more money to be cut, to be traded, to be released, to be fired. Why does it have to be one extreme or the other? 
You can, it, it, It's not that. We can be unhappy. We can say that we're unhappy. But this fire this guy right now, it doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. They got extensions. Yes, I see it. They got they got they got a raise already. I get that. Was that on Jed or was that on them? It's not their fault that they signed the extensions. It was offered to them. You take that extension. But what doesn't make sense is you don't like the results of of eight weeks, and now it's like fire everybody. That doesn't make any sense. Because when we were 13 and 3, what did we do then? We celebrated. We danced. Yes. Yes. Five years. It has been five years. And I get on everybody about this, man. I've had conversations about why can't the offense carry this team after five years and you're supposed to have the most innovative offensive-minded coach. I don't get it. I said it at the beginning of the season that it is time for Kyle Shanahan to carry the defense and not the other way around. And it's still not happening. And I'm still not happy with it. I'm pissed off about it. I really, really am. It's infuriating to sit here and see him with the quarterback that we had 13 wins with in the regular season, get all the way to the Super Bowl. And since then, that guy has won six games. Did you guys know that? That since the Super Bowl, Jimmy Garoppolo has only won six games? I bet you I, I bet you most people didn't know that. Jimmy Garoppolo's record since the Super Bowl is six and nineteen. It's not acceptable. It's not good. It's not good. And so now you you have to sit here and be like, hey, we need something different, bro. We need something new. This is not working, Kyle. Well, what'd Kyle do? He went and he drafted another quarterback. Now we're like, hey, we want to see him. We want to see him. Get him out there. Hurry up. Put him out there because this guy's not winning it for us. This guy's not special enough. That's how we feel. And it's justified. I am agreeing with everything you guys are saying. You were absolutely right to feel that way because there's no reason there's no, there's no reason for it to be like that. There's no reason. So what do we do, guys? What do we do? Do we call for the head coach to be fired? Maybe. And you guys can do that. And that is your right. That is your prerogative. Right? I won't speak for everybody. I will only speak for myself and what I want to do. I want him to get Trey Lance out there. I want him to get this offensive line out there that he drafted. You remember when they drafted Aaron Banks? If you if you paid attention to offensive linemen and, and systems where people come from and you pay attention to the kind of system that we run, it's like, that, that guy don't fit here. Aaron Banks, I mean, I, I get it, like the but... I don't get it. What what is he doing here? I'm not I'm not sure why Aaron Banks is on the Niners board. Not not to mention being picked as high as he was. That's crazy, right? Or what about 
the Trey Sermon pick. What's, what is he doing here? Right? As soon as we drafted Elijah Mitchell, people connected the dots. Oh, that's, that's the Raheem Mostert type. Like, we get that. We understand that. We, we could connect that dot. But what we couldn't connect the dots for were guys like Aaron Banks. Guys like Trey Sermon. Right? I'm like, what? I don't, I don't get it. But then I start thinking, there's got to be a plan in this. There has to be a plan. Is Kyle Shanahan going to deploy Trey Sermon with Trey Lance and Aaron Banks have a completely different style? Is he that genius? Or is he just throwing darts at the board and picking people? I don't know. I'm so intrigued that I got I I want to see I want to see how this plays out. I do. I really really do. But I just I don't know. I don't know if that's what it is. And look, I see, I see it in the comments. Kyle sucks, right? Sick of Kyle. One winning season in five. Now this season isn't over yet, but it's 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 over, right? We feel it. This is over. We are in week 10 of the 2021 NFL season. Week 10. And the 49ers have three wins, guys. That sounds bad. And I know we haven't played in week 10 yet. But we're in week 10, and we have three wins, and Jimmy Garoppolo has been the quarterback in all but six quarters. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. And when they put Trey out there, didn't look better. It's not good enough. So Kyle's got to do something. Kyle's got to figure it out. Kyle needs to get back to his basics. Get back to the roots. Do what you have in-house to do. You understand what I'm saying? The offensive line has actually been pretty good in pass protection this year, but they're better in run blocking. Got Elijah Mitchell averaging like six yards a carry. What's the problem? There's a part of me that feels like Kyle Shanahan outsmarts himself. And I know that this is supposed to be a whole show about everything, but it's the talk always comes back to Kyle and the offense and how people are disappointed in him. I just don't understand why he doesn't run the ball more. And that's another story for another time. I think a contribution just rolled by. Ah, here we go. Mark, thank you. Jordan Love, prime example to play Lance. Jordan Love in the plate. Wait, Jordan Love. What is he? What are you talking about? Oh. I don't. I don't get. I don't get this. What, is, what does this mean? Somebody help me out here. Why is my phone going off? So <clears throat> I'm, I'm sorry, Mark. I don't I don't get this. 
prime example to play Lance. I don't, I don't get it, Jordan. I, I don't. Oh, oh, he's saying okay, Jordan. Okay, sat behind Rogers and still struggle. Yeah, okay. I see. I see what you're saying now. I see what you're saying, but people are gonna sit there. You say Jordan Love, and they're gonna say Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> you say Jordan Love, they're gonna say Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, people are gonna say and do what they want to do. There's no, there's no definitive answer for any of this. But I do want to see what happens, man. I I want to I want to see what happens. You know, like I want to see what Kyle was doing or is doing. Does he have some special playbook? Listen, I understand that you guys want him fired, but here's the harshest reality I can give you guys. He's not getting fired. Kyle Shanahan has a contract beyond the one that he's currently playing in or coaching in. So that's he's he's not getting fired, guys. He's not. I I know that you guys want that. I know some of you guys want that. I'm not there yet. I want to see us get better because I feel like it's there. I feel like it's there. You see it sometimes on the field. You see us move the balls effectively. We see you see us move the ball efficiently, and then all of a sudden we just stop. It's like a switch goes off. It's like, all right, we just wanted to know that we could still do it, but that's enough now. It, it really feels like that. It feels like they're out there and they're just like, hey, we could do it. Look, here it is. Here it is. You guys see it? You excited? All right, guys, it's enough. Shut it down for the rest of the day. We can lose this game. That's what it feels like. But Kyle's not going anywhere, for better or worse. He could be terrible. He could be absolutely terrible. And he may never get another winning season. But this year, he's not going anywhere. Kyle Shanahan will get a full season with Trey Lance. In fact, I'll tell you guys this. Kyle is all but guaranteed two seasons with Trey Lance in the center. And I'm going to tell you why. He's guaranteed two full off seasons with Trey Lance. And this is what this is what I'll tell you. Kyle Shanahan came, uh, went to Atlanta. Offensive coordinator. First season, I think they won like eight or nine games, something like that, right? Had some highs, had some lows. Second season, he had a Super Bowl appearance and an MVP candidate. Jed York fell in love with that and hired him right away. Right away. He comes here. He gets his quarterback at the end of the season. And Jimmy Garoppolo. Five games. Boom, boom, boom. Five and oh. Everyone's hyped for the next season. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Jimmy gets injured in week two. But when Jimmy comes back, 13 and three in a Super Bowl appearance, two off seasons with Jimmy Garoppolo, two off seasons with Matt Ryan, two Super Bowl appearances. I can guarantee you guys he gets two off seasons with Trey Lance. The question is, do you count this one as one? That's the question. I don't know that part. I don't know. But he had two full off seasons with each one of those quarterbacks, and two times he went to the Super Bowl. And they're not going to fire John Lynch. They're not going to fire John Lynch either. They have very, very different roles on this team. You know what? I got a little bit of stuff here that I actually want to talk about. I was going to wrap this up soon, but I actually, you guys are bringing up some really good points here, and I'm gonna, I'm going to talk to you guys about it. So, let me pull up my note screen here. 
I was going to do a solo show on our Patreon, and I'm still going to do another one of those, actually. I'm going to do probably two of them tomorrow because uh, I have my notes here uh, for Patreon shows and have my notes here for uh, shows to do on on uh, YouTube here. Um, I was I was watching back the um, I was watching back the the Cardinals game that we just had, and the game felt really familiar to me. I was sitting there and I was watching it back, not the not live. Mm-mm. Don't hold me to that. I was watching it live. And I was I was furious. I I did not like what I was seeing. Um, it's it's the, the similarities in those two games, uh, the two Cardinal games are like really nasty. Did you guys know that in both Cardinals games we had eleven attempts with running backs? That's, that's nasty. That's nasty. And the run game was successful in both of the games. We had only eleven attempts against the Cardinals in both. Games with running backs, with running backs. Be be clear with what I'm saying. With running backs, it's not acceptable. But anyway, I went back and I did the rewatch. And uh, you know what game that one reminded me of, guys? You got to think back. Yeah, put your thinking caps on here. I believe it. I believe it was 2018, and Nick Mullins was getting his first start. It was the final battle of the Bay. It's never to be another one. Last time the Oakland Raiders were going to play the San Francisco 49ers. It was a primetime game. believe it was Thursday night football. Maybe Sunday night football. It was a nighttime game. I know that. Right? Nick Mullins went out there. He went apes. Apes on those boys. Set all kinds of crazy records. He was out there killing it. He first backup quarterback to have a 400 yard game or something, something crazy like that. Which, by the way, Jimmy Garoppolo has never done. But whatever, that's a different story for a different time. Um, but he was out there with backup weapons all over the field, and he was just efficiently throwing the ball all over the place. And I'm sitting here like, yo, like this Cardinals game that we just watched. This is this was that game. The difference is it was the tables were turned. It was the Cardinals doing to us what we did to the Raiders with the backup quarterback and the injuries all over the place. And they looked like the more efficient, well-oiled machine. You guys remember that game? That was crazy, right? But it was eerily reminiscent of that game. And I was like, something's not right here, right? And we looked at and we 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 mocked the Raiders and the fans for being a joke. We mocked them for being a joke. But then when our game goes off, there's still a large portion of, portion of the fan base that says, ah, the season's not over. It's a lot of season left. We can still, we still got some, it's not over. We're getting some players back. We were the team that had the players in this game. We were the team that had the starting quarterback and the starting running backs and the starting wide receivers. Well, I won't count the running backs because we've been without our starting running backs for a while. But you know what I'm saying? Uh, we've done it. We, we, we were that team. 
So, you know, it is what it is. No, Chris, you're right. I think he had like 412 yards against the Cardinals. You're you're right. 422, something like that. You're absolutely right, though. But that's what that game felt like when I was watching it back. I thought it was I thought it was strange. They had an answer for everything that we were doing, but forget that. Um, and there were some other things that bothered me since that game went over. I went back and I watched a couple of the pressers, right? And I was trying to find out. You guys know how I watch the pressers and I look at body language and I listen to words and everything. And you should see there was there was a change in Kyle Shanahan. The 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 last presser before the Bears game, the very end, somebody asked him what his favorite Halloween candy was. His body, his shoulders. Look at okay. I want you guys to look at my shoulders. He's standing at the podium and he's like this and he's talking. He's leaning down. He's got his hat on. Somebody asked him his favorite candy and his face changes. He doesn't like get this big smile, but everything changed. It was just so different. We go out, we win the game. He's got that same shoulders down. He's ready to talk. Yeah, the sweetest fish come. Exactly. He's ready to talk. He's a little bit more interactive. He's a little bit more endearing, making more eye contact. It's not hear the question, look down uh, 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 your way through it. It was talking to and extended answers and going with it. And I understand everybody feels better after a win, right? I went back and I watched the pressers after this game. There's two of them. And Kyle did something that I've never heard Kyle Shanahan do. I know you guys don't know what it is, but I'll tell you anyway. And both of the pressers since losing to the Cardinals. Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan said something that I've never heard him say or do before. He said, I didn't want Josh Norman to be benched for the whole game. First time he said it, I was like, all right, cool. I think he was asked about it, right? He said, No, I didn't want him to, I didn't want him to be out for the whole game. I wanted him out for the next se- series, the next play. But I didn't want him out for the whole game. All right. We heard you. Cool. Check. That's great. I got you, Kyle. Then he said it again on a completely different presser. I didn't think Josh Norman should have sat out the rest of the game, but that wasn't my call. And so, I'm, <laughs> all right, so y'all got to y'all got to try to stick with me cuz I know I'm crazy. I know I don't process things the same way that other people process stuff. So if I'm tripping, it's fine to tell me so in the comment. I, I am completely okay with that. But He's saying this stuff. And then I instantly think back to he didn't know how many snaps certain wide receivers are getting. And he didn't know this and he didn't know that. And all I keep thinking to myself is, you're the head coach. Talk to your staff and get his ass back out there. 
And I've been like just pounding my head trying to figure out why is Kyle saying this? Like making sure it's out there. Like just what is the purpose of him saying that? What I concluded isn't good. And I'm going to talk with y'all. Maybe I can come up with something else as I'm talking to y'all. But was he passing the blame? Was Kyle saying, hey, it, it wasn't me? And so I rewind and I go back and I'm listening to everything. And immediately after the game, when he's talking to the press, he says, you know, I thought the team was going to be ready this week. He had a great week of practice when the energy was high. One of the best practices we've had. I felt that they were prepared. But execution was an issue. All right, so you say what you say about Josh Norman. You're blaming your your coaches, your staff. You say what you're saying about the team having a great week of practice and they were prepared, but it was execution. Now you're blaming the roster. And I'm thinking, like, you can't run a team like this. It took John Lynch to come down from press box almighty to give your team an inspirational speech before you play the Bears. Got them fired up, re-energized. Let's go, guys. Let's go. All right. We got that win. Good job. Good job, John Lynch. After the game, they ask him, hey, Kyle, when things aren't going the way you want them going, you ever pull your players to the side and say anything to them? You ever try to inspire them? He's like, you mean like give a speech? No, I don't do that during the game. No, I don't do that. He says, I'll talk to the position coaches. Ding, ding, ding. Listen, listen to me. I'll talk to the position coaches or the coordinators. And they'll say something, but I don't pull players to the side. I don't talk to position groups. They do that. Hmm. So you will talk to position coaches about talking to certain players during the game. But you didn't say anything when Josh Norman wasn't put back out there. I don't think Josh Norman would have won the game for us. That's not what I'm that's not what I'm insinuating at all. That game was over long, long before. That game was over before it started, but that's a different story for a different time. But you talk to your position coaches about things like that. You don't motivate your team. You call John Lynch down to motivate the team before the game. You tell the position coaches to talk to them during the game and after the game you made it a point to say that you went in there and told them how disappointed in them you were 
let me be clear here. I do not want Kyle Shanahan fired. But this team is devoid of motivation, guys. I've said this a couple of times. I've said it a couple of times on this show. We got into this big argument with Nick and I believe Wayne or Tony, maybe Brian. I don't I don't remember who was on the show. It was a whole panel. And I said that this team, the captains can't help. There can be no players meeting where they can pull each other to the side and they can talk. The guys disagreed with me and I tried to explain myself and I didn't do that great of a job. And a couple shows later, I had Eric Crocker come on because he was on Twitter spaces and he was talking with Will Blackman. They were talking about how the Giants during their worst patch of their Super Bowl run, they had a four or five game losing streak and they had this closed door players only meeting. It was this get right meeting and the players held each other accountable. And Will Blackman said that the coaches never had to tell us we weren't doing our jobs because that's what the captains did. And that's what motivated us. That's what fired us up. And I asked Crocker on this show, I called him and I asked him, I said, hey, can the Niners do that? He said, nah, Mike, it's too late for that. Because Kyle's already started publicly critiquing and criticizing and prodding those players against the players. He said it's too late. He said the same thing that I was saying. So just understand where we are right now. And I'm not saying that this is not something that can be can't be fixed. So be clear with what I'm saying. But I want you guys to understand where we are. We are currently in a position where the players can't motivate themselves. And the head coach doesn't motivate the players. He tells the coaches to do it. So much so that John Lynch had to come downstairs and deliver a motivational speech to the team before the Bears game. And what happened after the loss? Kyle goes in the locker room and tells the players how disappointed he was in them following the Cardinals game. Right after he told us how he felt they were prepared and they had a great week of practice. I don't know, guys. E-Man says, there's so much talent on this team, Mike. I've seen teams do more with less. Kyle is not a leader of men. He can't rally the troops the way Robbie uh, Robbie Sala did. He holds everybody accountable but himself. I'm going to come back to that last sentence there, Robbie, uh, uh, E-Man, but thanks for that contribution. I saw one more here. Um, birthday girl, right? Hey, Miss Debbie. Bosa said it best. The team has tuned out to Kyle's voice. They are no longer motivated by their head coach. The locker room no longer listens. Wait, when did Bosa say this? When did Bosa say this? Now, this is interesting. This is interesting. Oh, look, my man E is in here. E, you should be in here. You should be in here talking with me, man, because I'm going to be gone for a little bit. Miss Debbie, happy birthday. Did you receive? I did. I'm going to have to send Ms. Debbie a DM. Because I need, I now I'm wondering if, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if, uh, let me see here. You guys got to deal with me for one second.
All right. Um, I don't know what she's talking about here. Did this when 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 did this happen? Somebody's got to send me a link of this. I had no idea. Yes, yes, please do. Please do. That's right, guys. Give Miss Debbie some love. Please, please, please. Happy birthday to her. An angel amongst us. I really appreciate that woman. Um, Philip, thanks for the contribution. He says, failure of execution starts with me. So when plays don't work, no matter how it happens, it starts with the coaches. There's tons of things I can do better. Shanahan. So what are you going to do, Kyle? And see, even this right here where people were saying, oh, he took responsibility. He owned it. He owned it. Guys got to be careful, man. It's more to repress it than just what they say. It's what they're responding to. And so if someone says, Kyle, what can you do better as a coach? And this is the response. This isn't him willingly saying this. This is him directly responding to what he can do to be better. And this is the most blanketed statement that you can get from a head coach. My opinion. My opinion. I apologize. My opinion. I think that this is not a, a, a speech that a coach goes out and gives willingly. This was based off of the question that he was asked. My opinion. I, I'm, I'm, if you guys don't agree, then cool. But don't come out here saying that all of a sudden Kyle is, is being the guy that's taking onus for what's happening in the locker room. No, no, that was a very direct response to a very direct question. What can you do to be better, Kyle? I, I wish I had the question in front of me, but that's not that's not how this works. This ain't it. This ain't it. Uh, Mr. G, thank you very much. This is your best podcast to date. Completely logical and rational. I usually agree 90%. Today, I'm 98. Hey, I'm I'm glad that extra 8%, that, that's that's a special 8% today because that's how old my daughter turned today. So I, I'm doing it for my baby. I appreciate that. Uh, Miss Debbie is back in here. She says, Bosa said, but when you hear the same voice every day, it can lose some of its impact. So maybe that's why they asked Lynch to deliver his speech. See, this is, I, I got I to gotta hear this because I have the Bosa interviews or at least the pressers and I didn't hear this. So this had to, this had to have happened somewhere else. Did Bosa say this to 49ers press? Did he say this on like a media appearance for us? Or was this on like a radio or something? And no, Philip, I understood you're asking Kyle, what's he going to do? Yeah. If he's sitting here saying it starts with him, then let's do something, right? Let's 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 be held account. Hold yourself accountable. But that's the thing that I keep trying to talk about. Us fans keep saying that we have to hold them response accountable. We don't. We don't. Because it's it's a vicious vicious circle that we don't realize we're we're stuck in. Right? Fans say we got to hold the team accountable. Well, let's think about that for a second. How do you hold the team accountable? Well, you show you're not happy by not watching and not going to the games. All right, cool. You do that, but you know what they're going to do? They're going to jack up the season ticket prices because they have to supplement the income that they're losing from people not coming. So who's really suffering now? The prices, once they go up, y'all know how it's like a toll. They Once they increase the price on the toll, that bitch ain't never coming back down. So you can not go to games if you want. You can sit out and you can boycott and all that stuff. They're going to jack up the prices on the people who do attend still. 
And then when you do return, when they start winning, you're still paying those higher prices. So you hurt yourself there, right? And you say, well, we got to get rid of them. You can, you can post that and all you want. Kyle is still coaching in his original contract and he has a whole brand new one he hasn't even touched yet so they're not firing him same thing goes for lynch so how do you hold them accountable you know what you do you voice your opinion i'm not happy we want changes and you wait for them to hold themselves accountable that's what we have to do that's what we have to do man that's it we have to wait for them to do something. That's it. I wouldn't go back to flying banners over the stadium or anything like that. I don't. I don't know that you're going to get the results that you're looking for there. I don't think. I don't think that's feasible. You know. But I mean, if you guys got it, if you got that kind of you know cash, then you go for it. Okay. All right. Cool. So that's it. Um, all right. So. All right, I got that article there. I, I can't wait to read that article. I had no idea that it went down like that. Oh man. Okay. All right. So let me let me keep going with some of my notes that I had here, guys. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place, and this is what happens when I do solo shows, right? This, I, I get to share some of my crazy with you guys. Did I finish my rant with what I was listening to and what I was thinking with Kyle and the presser? Like he threw the players under the bus and he threw the coaches under the bus. Um. But this is what I do think about Kyle. It, it, let me let me wrap this up with Kyle really quick, and then I'll get back to other stuff here. All right. Um, I think Kyle is under a lot of stress. I think I think Kyle's under more stress than a normal head coach is. I don't think that Kyle's doing too much as far as the the multiple hats that he wears. Uh, coordinator, play designer, and head coach, and whatever, whatever, because he's made it clear that he delegates work to other people. It's not his job, according to him, his words, to be the rah-rah guy. It's not his job to come out and motivate guys. It's not his job to know about the rotation of the players that are in and out of the lineups every every week or every play. Forget every week, every play, right? So it's clear that he's delegated a lot of work to other people. So it's not that. But the, the stress that I think Kyle Shanahan is under is that I think somewhere down the line, he got trapped in a box. I don't, this is just the crazy Mike theory here, right? But I, I think that somewhere down the line, they, they intended for the faithful to have less expectations for this season than what we actually had. And they had no way of presenting that to us without pissing us off and making it look like we quit. We signed a bunch of one-year contracts, right? So next year, we have to replace all these guys, and we're already a little strapped for cash now. We traded up two first-round picks and used the first-round pick to get this quarterback that they told us from the door, we ain't touching anytime soon. But even prior to that, we were interested in sniffing around every single possible quarterback that was on the trade market and in free agency. They brought in Joe Flacco for workouts. I mean, anybody who had ever held a ball in the NFL, they brought in the workout for the quarterback position. But somewhere in their planning, 
they got stuck with Jimmy Garoppolo again. And that meant they got stuck with that contract. And that means that we can't bench him. We can't release him because the money became guaranteed because of the new rules, the vet minimums and all that stuff and the guarantee. So they got stuck with Jimmy. And it's how do we get the fans' expectations to be lowered? If we could just get them to understand that this year we weren't really trying to, you know, we wanted to, we really want to just develop guys, right? Because here you go. All right, let me. I got I to gotta read this comment here. Let me read this comment. Camelot's contribution. Thank you. He says, Gore is boxing now. Bring him in for vet leadership. He used to rip in the players on the team when didn't perform. All else fails. He whoops some ass. I don't, I can't imagine Frank Gore yelling at people. I've, well, I don't want to sound mean, but I, I never took uh, a verbal, um, I never took Frank Gore as the verbal motivational type of guy. I could be wrong, but I am going to watch that fight, though. I'm definitely going to watch that fight. I'm excited about that. Um, Fat Boy says, I disagree. If you wanted the fans to have lower expectations than you start the rookie, here's why I'm going to disagree with you. Here's why I'm going to disagree with you. If they had have cut Jimmy after drafting Lance and started him, everyone's going to assume that that means that Lance is better than Jimmy was when you released him. And that gives you a better chance to win. Expectations are just as high, if not higher, than what they were with fans thinking that Jimmy is going to be the starter for this season. And if you draft Lance and you keep Jimmy on this team and you start Lance and they already told you that Lance wasn't ready. See, like they they tried to put themselves in a perfect situation. Let me let me let me explain myself. Let me explain my opinion. They tried to put themselves in a perfect situation. The 49ers, in my opinion, wanted to get the guy with the highest ceiling. That's Trey Lance. I like Justin Fields because I thought he was second highest ceiling and second most day one ready. I That was Justin Fields. That was my guy. That's what I thought. I had Trey Lance as my highest ceiling, but also – if you had to rank all the quarterbacks that were in that, you, you had you had uh, Fields, Wilson, Lawrence, um, Lance. You had uh, McCorkle Jones. You had uh, uh, Trask. All these guys. You had all these guys. Mun, right? If you had to rank them all into which guys would need, which guys had the highest ceiling, you got Lance up here at the top. If you had to rank them all uh, where – who would be ready to start soonest? Lance falls all the way to the bottom of that list. All the way to the bottom of that list. So what I think the Niners wanted to do was get a veteran that can come in here, just hold us over while we get the young guy ready. And then when it was time to make the switch, boom, you do that. Week 12, week 14, week 1, 2022. Like that's when you make the switch, when he was ready. I think that's what they wanted to do. And they said, you know what? Well, if we're gonna, if we're willing to do this, and we're willing to do that, we got this much money tied up and invested in Jimmy Garoppolo. And we already given him some money. Is Jimmy Garoppolo better or worse than Joe Flacco? We could probably get a little bit more out of Jimmy because he's a little bit younger, been in the system a little bit longer. Flacco has some familiarity with the system, but not exactly our version of it. All right, let's keep Jimmy. 
I just don't think that they expected things to go the way that they are going. I think that they wanted to stay around 500. We're two games outside of that right now, but I think they want to stay around 500 and see if maybe they can make a switch. And if we happen to sneak into a wild card after making the switch, then cool. But if not, hey, you guys saw what happened. We put our best foot forward. Um, that's what I think they wanted to do. So if you start the rookie, it depends on when you start him and who else is on this roster because that does not lower the fans' expectations. Um, and if you do it now, while people are complaining about the play of Jimmy, fans are still going to say, oh, Lance is ready. And but so it's it's a lose-lose right now. They They really back themselves into an awkward and unique situation. And I don't know how they get out of it without just taking heat. And there, there's this organization, the people within it, are a lot smarter than I am. And they might just be prepared to just sit back and take the heat. They, they have to know that this is what's coming their way. So, you know, I just, I don't think that, I don't think that I'm smarter than any of them there. I don't think that they are, are ignorant to what's happening. I think they're well aware of what's going on. I think they have a very deliberate and specific plan that they're sticking to. And I think if I think it's not their responsibility to spell it out for us. And three words that I hated. I live here in Philadelphia area, but unfortunately, those three words are gonna have to apply to us 49er fans. Trust the process. It's hard. It's so hard. But the reason it's hard is because we have expectations. But I promise you guys, if you watch games the way that I watch games now, it's not it's not hard anymore. It, it doesn't have to be that hard. It's You're still going to get disappointed when you lose. You're still going to get upset when bad plays happen. But the results won't drive you as crazy. I watch the games for purely entertainment right now. I have no hope that this team will make a postseason run. I have no hope. Listen, I went back and I looked at the schedule. I don't think we beat the Jags when we play them. I don't. I don't. I think we're going to get embarrassed next week on Monday Night Football. The Titans just beat the Titans just uh just beat the Rams. They're going to be looking to bounce back. They're getting Von Miller back. Mike McGlinchey's gone. That's a matchup in favor of them. We're talking about did that that did the news come out yet that Brunskill's not starting at guard? I don't know if that news came out yet or not, but they're talking about the possibility of Brunskill not being in there at the starting uh right guard position. Can no Compton, no Brunskill, whole new right side is what it sounds like it's coming to me. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what they decide to announce, right? I mean, what are you guys expecting? You go in there, you piss off the Rams. You think we're going to catch them off guard? <laughs> you think we're going to catch them slipping? No, no, no. Just go in there and find other reasons to watch the game. Go out there and say, hey, I wonder if our DBs can at least stick with these guys this week. wonder if we can not let them rush for 120 yards on this total. I wonder if we can stop them from having a 100-yard rusher an individual 100-yard rusher. Set up different goals. Don't go in there looking for wins and losses because more losses are coming. They're going to be coming. This is my mindset. I'm not telling you guys how you should feel, but I'm telling you guys why I don't get so angry 
when I watch what we're watching. Because people want to say that this team isn't consistent, and I completely disagree. This has been the most consistent team all season long. They are consistently inconsistent. It's what it is. The only thing that's been consistent about this game is how effective the run game is. Then we inconsistently stop running the ball. I'm all over the place. I'm all over the place. I got two more little nuggets to read to you guys that I'm going to get off of this thing. Okay, I promise. Um, okay. Oh, man. Oh, Bosa did this on video. Wow. Oh, I can't wait to watch this. Oh, man. Oh, man. The Patreon episodes are going to be crazy. Miss Debbie, thank you. Um, Kyle said that we won't see Lance until the deficit is too large to overcome. Talking about playoff appearance. Right? He said that. Those were Kyle Shanahan's words. And I want to tell you guys that we should believe him. I'm telling you guys to watch the game and what to expect. This is my mind. This is what I'm watching and what I'm expecting. I don't expect to see Trey Lance anytime soon. And I don't think you guys should either. Kyle said that he was not going to play Trey Lance at any point in that game before. Right? He said he said that. These are Kyle's words, not mine. He's not going to put he's not putting Trey Lance in there. So if he's not going to put him in there when the game was out of hand, he's not going to put him in there for the final drive. And he already told you guys he's not putting them in there unless we are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Well, I was looking. And we can go four more games with the top seven teams winning out and us losing out and still not be mathematically eliminated. So I think that we should let go of the Trey Lance coming in anytime soon, Hopes. He jived turkey jaw with, oh, there's packages for Lance and all that stuff. He just told y'all, no, no. No. Just, guys, let it go. He's been telling us Lance won't play until he's ready. He's been telling us that Lance isn't coming in as a starter until this time. We're not we're not mathematically eliminated, so don't get your hopes up, guys, please. All right, let me read this contribution here. Uh, Mal Boeing. Uh, no disrespect if I read your name wrong. Uh, says I sent email. I sent an email to corporate explaining our fan base, our fan base's frustration. We all know what's going on, and told them all to take responsibility before they lose the fan base. And so this is this is my question: What does them taking responsibility mean? Do you guys want a an official team statement? Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, Jed York, and everyone else in the 49ers organization accepts responsibility for the losing season this year. Uh, They felt that they have disappointed the fans and they hear the frustrations of the crowd and they are working every day to diligently to get better. They say that every week. They say it every week. You want them to quit? That ain't going to happen. They got families. They have families. You want Jed York to fire them? That ain't going to happen. They're on two contracts with no offset language. He's not doing that. He's not doing it. So I just don't know what it means when we say we want them to take responsibility. I still just don't quite understand it. I don't get it. I don't get it. All right. Let me finish up what I have here on my notes for this show. 
All right. I got you, Callie. I saw the request there. Um, I saw this stat. <laughs> I can't find it either. I saw this stat about the pressures that the uh, – oh, I want to talk about the defense too, but um, I saw this stat about the pressure that the 49ers offensive line gave up in this game. And it was bad. But that also told me they're not putting Lance back there. And see, I understand how people will say, no, that's the time you should put Lance in because he can run around and he can get away from the pressure and he can do this and he can do that. You're sacrificing that kid in his body. It's not, it's not going to do it. It's not going to do it. that's all i don't think we're gonna do it so we'll see what happens and i I do want to quickly talk about the defense i know people were really really upset with the defense but i i want to i want to end this show with a positive note and then i'm going to ask you guys my question my positive note is this the defense is not as bad as what you guys saw last week When I go back and I watch the game, <clears throat> I see a lot of good play calling from D'Amico Ryans. I see a lot of 49ers players in position to make a play. Now, if they hesitate, if they miss a tackle, if they over-pursue or take a bad angle. But for the most part, for the most part, I'm not saying every down, Every snap, for the most part, 75% of the time, maybe 85% of the time, these guys, the players are in the right position. It's the right play call for what the what, what's happening. I can't tell you guys how many big runs um, Connor had that he was hit three or four times on before a big gain or a touchdown. The players were there. They just were missing tackles. That's not on D'Amico. It's not on D'Amico, guys. Um, you even think back to the two really bad Drake Kirkpatrick plays, right? Uh, there was one this game, and there was one in the game against uh, the Bear. No, the Colts. It was the Colts game, right? He was in position to make plays both times. He was right there. He was right there. So it's not the play calling, it's the players. Now, I know people are going to say, well, if the players keep making the same mistakes, then it's on coaching and execution. Okay, that that is fair. That is a fair point, okay? Niners, Dodgers, thank you for the contribution. He says, I appreciate your hard work. Go Niners. Yes. Um, I I agree with, with, with the people who say, if they're if they're in the position to make plays and they're not doing it, then it's coaching and they have to be trained better and taught to tackle and think. Yes, but that is separate than saying D'Amico Ryan's is a bad defensive coordinator, right? So on other people to get them to tackle and things like that. Um, so I just I just want to I want our fans to be a little bit more. Let's be more deliberate with our verbal or textual, I don't know if that's a word, attacks, okay? If we're going to attack, is that a gnat? If we're going to attack 
the team's players or coaches or coordinators or owners verbally, let's be a little bit more deliberate with what we're saying, right? So don't say, D'Amico Ryans, you suck as a play caller because the play calling isn't really that bad. But you can say, hey, D'Amico Ryans, your defense sucks at tackling. That's fair. That's fair. You can do that. That you can do. That you should do, right? Because then you can say that to the players. Hey, you suck because you missed that tackle. I would never do that. I don't, I don't, I don't tweet at players, right? Not like that, I don't. But those are fair assessments. Those are fair criticisms and critiques. But don't say you suck at whatever if they don't really suck at that. Don't say D'Amico Ryan's the bad play caller. Don't say Kyle Shanahan is a bad play caller because he's not. He's still really good at it. I know, I know, I know it doesn't look like it. I know it doesn't look like it. I've seen the tweets. I've seen the comments in here even just tonight. Kyle's not a bad play caller, though, guys. He's really not. He's still dialing things up. Players are still getting open. We still move the ball successfully, but then we choke in certain areas. Say, hey, Kyle, your red zone offense sucks. Needs to get better. Got to execute better in the red zone. Do that. Be more deliberate with your verbal attacks or textual attacks. Okay? Do that. Right? Don't say, hey, John Lynch, you suck as a general manager. All your draft picks suck. John John Lynch is an above average GM when it comes to the draft. But say, hey, John Lynch, you can do a better job in developing the players you draft early in the draft. Aha. Aha. That's better. That's what you need to say. That's what you need to do. Why didn't we develop Solomon Thomas? Why was Brandon Ayuk on this hot seat? Was it developmental? Because that's on you guys. Developing better. Why did it take Mike McGlinchey four seasons to look decent? He's a top 10 pick. Why is Javon Kinlaw not making the impact that we thought he was going to be making? Right? Be more deliberate with what you're saying when you're attacking these people. That's all I'm saying. Because right now, we just sound crazy. We, this team is making us crazy. We're watching the games and we're going crazy. I hate everything, right? That's where we are. That's what we're doing. That's how we're reacting, right? But then when you type up the crazy, we all as a group look crazy. The 49er fans look crazy. You understand what I'm saying? So uh, tell them what they're really doing wrong. See? Yeah, exactly. I am guilty. Guilty is charged, right? Tell them what they're doing wrong. Tell me what I'm doing wrong when I do these shows by myself. It's okay. I can take it. I'm a big boy. And they can take it. And if they're anything like me, they're going to read it, whether we agree with it or we disagree with it, we're always going to try to get better. That is my promise to you guys, that if they're anything like me, we're going to try to get better better that's the truth take from it what you want guys i appreciate you all for rocking out with me tonight i really really appreciate you guys uh and here 
I told you guys I had a question for the faithful. I told you guys I was going to ask this at the very end of the show. So here it is. It's my final thought. Where's my ticker? I haven't used a ticker the whole show. Now I'm looking for one and I can't find it. Boom. It's just me tonight. So it's final thought. Shouldn't be final thoughts. Okay. The title of the show is What Are We Fans Doing? And I just spent the last three minutes saying, be more deliberate with your verbal attacks. Right? The previous show, I talked about hope versus reality. And so my question is this. If the team told you Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't good enough following a Super Bowl appearance, if the team is showing you that the offensive line is going to be without two or three people this week, the team is telling you that they're on their fourth running back already. If the team is telling you that we're without both of our safeties, starting safeties, we're without a starting corner, we're without a starting linebacker, and we're without a starting defensive end. Where do you get off saying that we should be better? I know, I know, I know. Injuries are part of the game. I get it. I understand. But are the are are we really expecting better than what we're seeing? The team has made it clear that we're just not ready yet. We're not good. But we hold out to this hope. We're holding out to all this that we want, we want, we want to see things be better. And I'm with you guys. I'm with you guys. But we keep ignoring all the signs that they're telling us. So my simple question is this. This is my only question to you guys. And I want you guys to leave it in the comments. Angel, I want you guys to tell me what your expectations are for the last nine games of the season. That's all I'm asking you guys to do. Just tell me what your expectations are for the last nine games of this season. Every single one of you. As soon as I end this broadcast, type it in there so I can go back. Don't type it in the live thing because I'm not, not going to see that. But if you type it in after the broadcast is over, just tell me what your expectations are for the rest of the season. That's all I want to know. I want to know you. Don't tell me what you think other people are going to say. You, the person watching this. What are your expectations? The team has told you Jimmy's not good enough. The team has told you Trey Lance is not ready. The team has proven to you guys that we are down to our fourth running back right now. Our fourth. Wilson. Hasty. Mostert. Not the starters. It's Mitchell. That's number four. They told you Ayuk isn't ready, but he's wide receiver too. They signed Muhammad Sanu and are giving him significant targets when last year he wasn't even good enough to make the 53-man roster. I'm going to repeat that. Muhammad Sanu is getting significant targets this season before the knee injury when last year, a year younger, he wasn't even good enough to make the 53-man roster. Fred Warner was out was without his ace. And Dre Greenlaw. Hell, he was without Aziz for a little bit. 
We had the best tackler in Jimmy Ward off the team. One of the best box safeties in the league, Jaquaski Tart. He wasn't there either. We lost D Ford. We're losing guys left and right. George Kittle, in and out of the lineup all the time. Mike McGlinchey, done for the year. Some of y'all might celebrate that. Y'all hated Mike McGlinchey. That's a different story for a different time. Why do we still expect so much when all these pieces are going? I don't know. I want to know. I want to know. What do you guys expect? We are in the 10th week of the NFL season. The 49ers have 10 wins. I mean, we are in the 10th week of the NFL season, and the 49ers have three wins. I want to know what your guys' expectations are. That's it. Those are my final thoughts. I appreciate you guys. Head on over to Patreon. I'm going to have some crazy shows coming up to you guys very soon. If you guys don't know where to find it, it's right there. Patreon.com slash NB9ers. I'm going to be posting. I'm, I'm, I'm about to get busy because I can't believe Miss Debbie sent me this. I can't wait to watch this video of Bosa saying this, and it's going to be epic. It's going to be epic, man. All right? So uh, truly, 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 man, thank you guys. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for watching. All right? You guys have been great, and uh, that's going to do it. I'm out of here. Breezy, where you at, bro? Take us home. We all gas, no brakes, pumped up, no fakes. We spinning, we winning, we high stakes. We never miss, we all makes. Look at us dudes trying to prove, bringing you news with nothing to lose. Mike, Nick, Tony, Wayne, Method Man, we bring the pain. See, I'ma confess it. We under the pressure. If you looking to find us, we them nothing but niners. We nothing but niners. We nothing but niners.